It's the audio podcast. Show 125, Hi-Fi Up Thought, recorded on the 5th of August 2014, and those strange guttural noises in the background were... Yadda! And we've also, got, we've also got Sam Freeman. We've got the full cast this week. <laughs> we have complete with digital glitches on Adam's voice every now and then. So yes, I'm Samuel Freeman, that's Adam Yandre, he's got Scott Hewitt. This is the audio podcast, and... Shall we just get into the news? It's, it's, I think it's going to be a funny one. But where can you follow the news? Okay, yes, sorry. We, out of sequence, Adam, go. Um, <laughs> the audiopodcast.co.uk forward slash show forward slash 125 um, is where this week's show notes are based. You can go there, and when we mention the news, the notes, that's this week where we need to go. Uh, and you can also... Uh, get the audio podcast number one ways, uh, YouTube, pod host it, uh, and the click one, one through iTunes, which is just, I, I, mm-hmm. if you like, if you like, my mugs, then you come on to YouTube to see that. Uh, and we can go on the news now, guys. Okay, let's begin with um, one of two microphones we're talking about this week. This is the new Rode NT USB, or as we like to call it, the Rodent USB. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is a update to well, there there has been a Rode USB microphone for a while. It's it's an update to that one there. It's a large diaphragm condenser with a built-in USB interface that offers onboard monitoring and support for sample rates up to 16-bit 48K. It works with OS X, Windows, and iOS, as long as you have the Apple Camera Connection Kit. Do they make a Lightning-compatible Apple Connection Kit, or is this a a Apple Camera Connection Kit plugged into a 18-pin adapter? (laughs) I I think they do. I think think a Camera Connection Kit exists for the light. It must do. Those That connector's been around for at least two years now. And when Adam says it must, we know it must. So that's fine. Yes. Okay. I think I just saw, uh, going on to one of our future posts today, I watched the video and they mentioned it and it plugged in with the lightning cable, so with the lightning connector. So I think that's fine. But, I mean, we're, we're basically really... Uh, we, we love this story because, of course, now we realize that Rode have basically named their microphones um, as a joke to make it seem like they are uh, mouse-based, you know? All the way back to the NT1, it was actually the Rodent 1. And then there's the Rodent 2 and the Rodent 1000. And we've just never noticed this before. It's always, I've always said Rode NT. I didn't realize. It was close, so- close word spacing on the website that did it. So it's so, Scott Hewitt. Yes. So, so for people who are um, perhaps interested, perhaps thinking, wow, the audio podcast is really just going going off topic immediately, <laughs> um, perhaps we should uh, mention very briefly, um, there was a little bit of shock amongst the group here, I think, wasn't there, when we established that the sample rate on this is 16-bit 48K, which seems a little bit low. Um, uh, no, I don't think it was shock. Think? I don't think it was shock. I think it was we were just frustrated. It was obvious to us that they're trying to hide this figure because it's not on the website. If you go to the main page, it's not really obvious it's there. You have to kind of get into the nitty-gritty details on the like the spec sheet and this kind of thing. So I'm not shocked so much that I am disappointed that they weren't just 
It's a 16-bit 48 kilohertz microphone. Yeah. No, no. That's fine. But by not putting it, it makes it seem sneaky, is what I'm saying. I guess to... Oh, yes, Sam. Go I was ahead. just wondering, it's more of a question, I don't have the answer, because it's got the built-in monitoring, so you can you know, hear what you've got, a headphone socket on the side and a volume control on the actual microphone, which is you know, a great idea, but can you direct audio from your laptop or whatever, from your computer, through the USB into the microphone in order to monitor that, or is it just for monitoring your own voice, essentially, or your, whatever it is you're recording? That's a great question, Sam. It's great. I'll just, just leave it out there as a question. I'm not going to endeavour to answer it now because it took us lo a long time just to find <laughs> what the sample rate was. So, well, I any... suspect. I, I I'll go out here. I suspect the answer is yes. The reason for this is that this product is um th this is the this is the update of the product which was designed for the kind of first band of podcasters. It for people who don't have a desk are working alone in a single place and just wanting the just want audio in. And it always was an incredibly neat package for that purpose because you can essentially mail somebody one of these if you wanted to interview them they plug it into their computer it's class compliant and it works and from memory having dealt with a few of the earlier ones I'm fairly certain that there was a kind of basic sort of control thing which allowed you to determine how much of the microphone input and how much of the audio computer audio output came through the headphones so you could actually talk to somebody while they could you know while they could have some basic sort of monitoring to what they were doing so I, and on that basis, I think the sample rate being where it is isn't a particular problem because obviously it's built for you know, hang, hangouts on air, Skype, all those kind of things are all running far less than forty-four point, you know, far less than sixteen-bit forty-eight k, aren't they? So, and in terms of it being a package for podcasting, the description of what's in the box as well as the microphone, a six-meter cable, and a case, you've also got a detachable pop filter that can clip onto it, and two ways of holding it. There's a tripod for not standing it on a table, but there's also a ring mount they've described, which would for attaching to a standard microphone stand. So, yeah, as a package, it's it's all there. I'd say uh, anyone in in the class class and who has has definitive answer to, to that question can, can fact contact us either via Twitter at the Audio Podcast or via email show at the Audio Podcast mm -hmm. Yeah, we're getting we're getting like a. We're having like a robot Adam with occasional kind of kind of slap back. That's nice. I'll tell you what I'll do. Shall I leave the hangout and come back in and see if no, it you, maybe you're fine that time. You're fine now. I think that it's. I think it's. Yeah. Anyway, we can speculate on what may or may not be the cause of the um, digital interference, or we can press on to some summer sales. Indeed. So Sonics have a summer sale, which is 35% off uh, any of their plugins and bundles until the 31st of August. Uh, this year, 2014, and if I remember correctly, well, I, I do know with certainty that this is a 35% discount in addition to the normal discounts they would offer as well. So that means if you were, there is a, if you go have a look, if you order a set of plugins, you get a discount. If you order a group, you get a discount based on ordering more than one, and then this is another 35% off on top of that discount. So, you know, there you go. So it's one of these moments where the summer sale discount can be combined with the other normal discounts, which makes it, you know. So if you, cool. yep, it says here if you, if you uh, six or more plugins, you're going to get a forty percent discount anyway, but then you get thirty five percent extra after that price. Cool. There and we go. If you if you want your Oxford uh, plugins, that's that's the one to go for. You know, those 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 are the classy 
plugins. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Excellent stuff. Native Instruments have an offer as well. They do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Fantastic. <laughs> um, they never, but they have a new offer week, so. Well, yeah, but it, 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 this is a good one. I'm taking it. They have the Ready Set Pro promotion in which you can get Tractor Pro 2 for free with a purchase of either Control X1 or a Control Z1. And that, again, runs until August the 31st, 2014. That's pretty good. It's usually about 90 quid, that software, so you buy in probably fairly expensive, but... Well, they've been controller. Yeah. rotating around their hardware or their different product lines. So they had the really cool machine thing. Now they had something else. Then they have tractor. Yeah. Yes. £169 is how much one of these things costs. They're pretty cool control surfaces. I've, I've, I've played with one. It was, it was ace. I really enjoyed it, actually. It worked fine. We have more about control surfaces later on actually though, so I'm just going to keep on, I'm going to okay. keep on pushing along. Um, here's one that I think I should really kind of take if that's okay. Um, IK Multimedia have announced the iRig Mic HD. Um, so, th so this is kind of like the thing you reviewed but with more pixels. More pixels. Well, it's, it's HD, yeah, so it's... <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, no, on. no, you're fine. You are, you are absolutely right though, with, that, was, that was a great joke, I loved it. Um, yes, it, I, I actually will have a follow-on review of the iRig mic, no, the iRig voice that we reviewed a couple of weeks ago, I still have the box here incidentally, um, I, I will have a, a follow-up review of that because something I've found is that the level of the level of quality you get off the microphone varies a lot depending on what's going on. So when I did the demonstration in the show a couple of shows past, I had Wi-Fi turned on and had it plugged in which turns out to be the worst possible setup you could ever have to use that microphone. I'm not going to make any remark about whether it's a realistic setup, but it turns out that you get a lot better performance if you don't have it plugged in and you don't have Wi-Fi turned on. The reason I mention that is that the iRig Mic HD isn't an analog connection. It's actually got an analog-to-digital converter built into the microphone, and as a consequence, the signal you get out, the, you get a USB or lightning connection out the bottom of it. And as a consequence, I suspect that this would resolve many of the problems we discussed in our demonstration, even though I've already, I'm going to have some recordings that demonstrate the fact you can get past those anyway. Does that make sense, what I'm saying there? I think that makes sense, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh... So if this is, this is essentially a USB microphone with a iOS optional thing instead of USB. So could you, does the USB, can you connect it to any? Could you connect it to a PC or Mac? Yes, you can. I found it on the page. So, cool. It's yeah, it's just a class. I, I guess this is actually the Rode NT USB story, I guess we should remark. I, I guess it was a thing we didn't say then, is it? But a lot of people, for, well, I'm sure many of our listeners will know there is such a thing as USB class compliant audio. And the problem with USB class compliant audio is it's stereo in, stereo out. 40, you know, 16-bit 48K, uh, 48 or 44.1K. That's that's what it is. That is the definition of class-compliant USB audio. And it was built for USB 1 and exists in USB 1, USB 2, USB 3. And any device that has and works to those limitations is class-compliant and will not require a driver. You can just plug them in and, and they just work. And that's, I suspect, is exactly what's happening. is again here, you, you know, it's going to be a, a fairly class-compliant microphone. 
my rig mic HD, which is pretty cool. The real question, though, Scott, is what yeah. is the sample rate stroke bit rate of this microphone? I, I, I have to confess I didn't check. At that point, we, we, we were really thorough with the, ro the rodent USB, and we have not carried through that thoroughness to the iRig mic hood. But, but you're I quickly guess, checking now, are you? I guess, uh, no, I, I guess Sam not. is quickly checking now, because he, he's got that stern, like, I'm going to find this information before the end of the <laughs> article. No, I'm not. But, it's not in the text specs. There we go. Uh, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe these kind of um, podcaster-based, non-studio-type microphones, uh, they, they don't feel the need to have to put that, that information. Maybe they feel it clutters. It's like, oh, people don't know what that means, but it's actually perfectly fine for doing this kind of thing. <clears throat> it, it's going to be 16-bit 40, 44.148K, isn't it? I'm saying this. The odds of it being anything higher than that, based on the fact you'd need to write an entire set of drive, an entire driver spec for it, and also over over spec the device based on what's going to be needed. It's, I actually think that this is not class compliant. They would talk about the IK Multimedia iRig Mic HD because it gives system requirements. Um, you need 10.6 or later, with, or you need to use if you're using it on a Mac. Um, it lists all of the different iPhone, etc., that it works with, and for Windows, it supports ASIO for all driver on XP or higher. Um, it's uh, it's, it's 24-bit, 44.1, and 48K. There you go. All right, that's pretty good. So that's pretty good, and not, but yeah. So despite our initial assumption that it was class compliant, I don't think this is. It's just it's it's still a fairly standard, regular thing that lots of things are using, but I don't think it's what you described before, Scott. I, I, I would confess I, I would confess indeed so it is it's a 24 bit 44.1 or 48k sample rate on it there so that's um yeah they got right I think I think we should move on from microphones and on to sample banks that uh, are related to different types of material and we will start with the hiss and the raw Breaking woods, something other. Tortured so Hiss wood. and Raw have announced the Tortured Wood library, uh, seven gig sound library of wood being broken. Um, there's, there's a YouTube video about the making of it, and it's available uh, discounted until August the 9th, 2014. Is this the, is that, I, I'm presuming that's the same video which is also embedded on the Hiss and Raw site on Vimeo. That's the one that I watched. I guess it's the same. Things being broken. They're always good, the Hiss and Raw videos. I, I enjoy and it. it. They don't have, the samples don't have in the background the sound of a guy going, Hiyah! and then the sound of the wood breaking. You'd have to combine it with a different sample library. Um, Do, oh, I wonder if Hiss and Raw have got martial arts hitting sounds, like martial arts humans hitting sounds, and then you combine them together to make the ultimate sample library that you could use in all situations. If only, Adam, there was some way of finding that information out. Well, you are the sample pack master, Scott. You find all these bizarre ones, so I'm sure you can actually do it. Can I um, just divert slightly while we're still in this story, which is that it does mention the text description of this um, Tortured Wood library, that some of the sounds were recorded to a Nagra 4.2, and actually before reading that, in the video that I described, um, there's a 
couple of shots of a reel-to-reel tape machine being used, which is the Nagra 4.2. You Google that and you'll find a description of it. And yeah, I've never actually come across this device. It sounds pretty cool. And also, once I was on the Nagra Audio website, I had a little poke around and found um, a discontinued product, which is the SNST-R, which is another much thinner, smaller reel-to-reel tape machine, which is actually the one that is used on the Hiss and a Raw kind of animated logo thing on their webpage. If if you've seen the website, you'll know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I hope. But I've always wondered what that little tape machine was, and now I know. And, and now it's, got a, it's got a snappy name, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Nagra. S-N-S-T-R. It's like, wow, let's just pick some letters. All of the Nagra products have... I've named in that vein. Actually, I don't know if that's fair or not, but yeah. Anyhow, moving from breaking wood to plastics, mm-hmm. and this is the, the Rubbers Plastics HD Professional Sound Effects Collection by the Recordist. Yep. 850 wild and crazy sounds made from rubber and plastic objects, recorded using a Sennhauser MKH-8040. At 24-bit 96k, and again available on a discount price until Sunday the 10th of August 2014. You know what that reminds me of? Remember in uh, well, Sam, you won't remember this, but Scott, in our first year at university, our very first assignment we had to do in in the in the terrible workstation room, we had to make these little tunes, and someone in our class did a tune completely based around plastic sounds and metal sounds. And it was an awesome tune. Um, I can't remember what it was called. And I don't know if you can find it anywhere on the internet. It probably doesn't exist there. But this would be a good sample pack to start off some type of experimental electronic or that kind of tune with. Um, What's that I hear? More summer savings. Oh, well, let's, let's talk about those. So uh, Atoria are also running a summer savings, 50% off, uh, a whole load of things, to celebrate their 15th anniversary. Uh, these run until September the 8th. This is um, 15, 50% off, half price on a bunch of their software instruments. Unfortunately, I don't think this extends to their hardware instruments, but you know, never mind. There is a big range of... Um, where you can, the V Collection has got most of them in there, and... They have all of their spike drum machines, Prophet, the Moog type stuff, the ARP and all that. Yeah, great instrument. We will have, we, we've reviewed quite a few of some of these, haven't we? A few of them, yeah. I think, the, yeah, we have. Definitely the uh, spike drum machine and the Wurlitzer type one, I think he did. Uh, was it Sem 5, if I'm correctly? Yeah. Was it? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, the Oberheim, yeah. That's a pretty, cool. It's, a, it's a, good, uh, a good deal, actually, because if it's 50% off in the V collection itself... Mm-hmm. It's now 199 euros, so you know that's a huge discount, and you really do get a lot of uh, instruments as part of that package. So yeah. when does that when does that run out? September the eighth. September the eighth. Oh, that's nice. So it goes it goes into into August, uh, autumn just a little bit. Indeed, so that's nice. There we go, and. And finally, getting away from sales and into Kickstarters, uh, Tuna Knobs, are, well, uh, Tuna DJ Gear, actually, isn't it, are in their final week of their Kickstarter. Um, we announced that the Tuna Knobs have been funded almost immediately. 
Um, and in actual fact, they've made it to their all the way through their stretch goals now as well. So they're going to be delivering in October. They have, and they've got an extra special, even further stretch goal, which um, there's only three days to go and quite a way on that. I don't know if they'll reach it, but if they reach their even further stretch goal, then everybody who has pledged in order to get six or more of the knobs will get a hard case. But unless they reach 32,000, they will not be investing in the injection molding for making those. Although they'd like to, but I think... I think it's actually quite expensive to do that kind of thing, from what I can gather. It's good that they've not, well, not only one, well, we knew that they blasted past their initial funding um, goal. But yeah, it's good. I, I, I will admit I'm getting three tuna knobs, so um, it's nice good. that I get them sooner and maybe get a case. So We, we look forward to a, a review, Adam. Oh yeah, yeah, I can do a review. I no, I think we were we were um we, we were October. promised a, an, an unboxing as well, weren't we? So we're, we're I'll make sure we follow up on that and get a get a unboxing of a of what some of the first <laughs> With that, I think we've made it to the end of the news. Hurrah. Yarp. There is no other, which means we're straight into the plunder. Yarp. <laughs> Sam, you're up first. Brilliant. Okay, this is an interview with Taylor Dupree on headphonecommutes.com. Um, somebody, I don't know who, shared it on um, Facebook, and I kind of clicked on it, read it, then when I went back to try and find out to credit who had pointed me towards it, I couldn't find it anymore. Facebook's like that. Um, so if you're listening and it was you that shared it, thank you. And if not, anyway, read it. If you don't know who Taylor Dupree is or if you, and you've not heard of 12K Records, fine, it's still a good read. Um, if you do, you might be interested. And I put a quote in the show notes at theaudiopodcast.co.uk slash show slash 125. Because it's one of the questions asks, what equipment do you use for field recordings? And the answer, I thought, covers some of the things that crop up every now and then on the audio podcast, because his answer was his iPhone, because he has it on him anyway, basically. Yes, and he uses it. I guess the Zoom microphone that he uses with it is a uh, an iPhone specific type deal. Yes, I think I presume so. And I see where he's coming from. It's like why you've got this thing that you're carrying around anyway. There's not much need to have to carry around another piece of kit which can do the same thing. But you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, this is um, the the quote that's in there. It has um, the best one. It's just like they say about cameras. The best one is the one they have with you. That was a um, that 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 kind of quote came from a, a a professional photographer called Chase Jarvis, who began this. And this was a conversation. Uh, this was part of his kind of discussion about the iPhone camera because he was uh, cameras on iPhones because he was basically making the point that he was selling lots of lots of photos as his professional work that were coming off his iPhone on the basis it was in his pocket all the time as opposed to his, you know, actual kind of full-spec camera. So, yep. You're not, you, you don't leave the house in order to record something. You just happen to come across something that wants, that you'd like to record. And so being able to do that is, is more valuable than having dedicated equipment for it. Yeah. Very but good. Yeah. No, I, I like it. It's, it's a really interesting... I've read the interview, and I, I thought it was very interesting, actually. So I think it is. It's quite, yeah, nostalgic. In, when he describes some of the early technology and stuff, I think... Well, it says how old he is. He's 15 years older than me, but and describes what he was doing when he was 15 and that kind of thing. But no. Um, 
And another piece of plunder that I, that I found recently, um, a audio editor called o Ocean Audio. It's a, it's a cross-platform audio editor, which is how I came across it. It offers support for uh, XP, Vista, Windows 7.8 and 8.1, OS X 10.5 upwards, and Debian, Ubuntu, and Fedora Linux versions as well. Uh, I don't think there's such a thing as Windows 7.8. I think you mean 7, 8, and 8.1. Sorry, yes, that's my fault. That's okay. Sorry there. I'm not a Windows user, so you know what I mean? I just presumed it was the esoteric update, as they say. <laughs> um, anyway, has has full support for a whole load of there. It's free as in beer. I'm not sure it's free as in speech, actually. I couldn't find the source code, which I was a little bit disappointed about. Because um, if it had been there, this would have been heading into awesome for me um, as, as a product. But I found it because of the Linux support, and it is a it, it is a really interesting actual kind of audio editor. It's it builds itself as a simplified version of Audacity, which you might think, oh well, that's that's a, that's terrible because Audacity itself is a very simplified thing. But in fact, it's while it's simplified, it has all the feature. It has the most obvious features that you would expect. So this is a great kind of introduction. If you're doing a sort of introductory session or you want something really simple and fast, it's a good idea. It does lots of really clever stuff. So it will export things in the background and allow you to continue working, which is cool. And it also has, which was something I was really impressed with, it has multi-position editing as well. So you can actually select five or six parts of an audio file and then process them all at the same time using a kind of effect setting. So I, I thought that was a really neat little feature and I, I found that really cool while I was playing with it. It has VST support and the other thing it does is actually a university project out of Santa Catarina and as a consequence it has an incredibly well-developed real-time spectrogram inside it as well. Now, I'm sure one of you guys will be able to tell me immediately. It's exactly like, and you guys can remind me, either Audioscoped or Soundhack, and I think Soundhack is the one I mean. Um, <clears throat> are we talking, does, is it the interactive spectrogram where you can filter based on range? Is that... Um, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. Um, I'm not sure about the interactive, but it has okay. the analysis like that. Which one yep. is? Um, Soundhack didn't have the GUI. I think you're thinking of Audioscoped. Yeah. But I think the spectrograms could be coming far and more. Far more common all over the place now as well. But yep, it's good to see. I wouldn't. Yep. That's cool. I'm going to do. Um, I I might do. Um, well, I'm I'm hoping to put together an interview because I was really quite interested with it. But I might even actually do a little bit more of a proper review in a couple of weeks' time. Once I've I've been using it for a bit and I've been quite happy, but I'm not there where I feel I could review it. But that would be great. Do you think this would run on the Raspberry Pi? I've been doing some Pi stuff recently. Um, there isn't. Does it support um, Debian, isn't it? Yeah, there, there's no, there, there is no reason why it couldn't, but at the same point, I couldn't find, I, I haven't found the code yet, which means that when, while it does support Debian, Ubuntu, and Fedora, it, it does that with kind of built packages, kind of built binary packages at the moment. So that means you wouldn't be able to, it probably wouldn't install and run on a Raspberry Pi right okay. now. So I'll start like that. But I thought that was, you know, it was kind of cool. They go. I, I was have you know, it, it's one of these things where most doors, well, most audio editors or doors that kind of have this sort of billing tend to be a real disappointment because they generally are broken or don't work particularly well or only work on a really bizarre set of dependencies which were current for six weeks, five years ago. Whereas this is actually up to date and goes. If you have you know, if you have a kind of 
Debian or Ubuntu or Fedora build, it will just go straight onto it and works. So I was quite I was quite impressed by it. So that that was cool. And the fact it runs on everything obviously means you can move, you know, you can move a session between them all and we've talked about the advantages of doing that kind of thing many times before. So This is a great find. Yeah. I, I thought it was cool. Hence hence it was in our plunder. Our final item of plunder. Adam, how much do you know about this? What do I know about it? Uh, I know that it's probably the cutest media controller of all time. Uh, I know that it's something that you can do with an Arduino. Uh, and uh, you, the instructions for doing this it, are right here. What are we talking about? It's the Oont, double O-N-T-Z, um, which is a kind of project build USB controller. So it's got a four by four grid and then it's got four potentiometers. The housing is 3D printed. So you download the file and print out your casing, which means that it's got a much nicer finish than a lot of project builds that are kind of in those kind of default squarey boxings. Anyway, and yep, as you said, it uses Arduino programming. So it's all coded and it's got a USB or MIDI interface. So you can go straight from this box into the USB and get your standard MIDI data through. Fantastic. Um, ADA Fruits have a have, have the article and the how-to guide, which includes a, a list of all the required parts, the circuit diagrams, all of the software coding required, the 3D printing spec as well. All, all of the stuff there as well. So I thought that's a, you know, if, you know, if you are perhaps on your summer holiday, Here's a great, uh, here's a great little project that you might be interested in. I am. Um, I did actually go through and price up how much it would cost to get through them, and it's we're looking at about um, in the region of sixty euros, um, the sixty dollars. Sorry, so whatever that equates to, wherever you are. Pretty good. That's, pretty good. That, that is and, pretty good. And talking about summer projects, it's also something that you could undertake as part of this year's creative pact. Don't forget, people, creative pact. Uh, it's kind of started running already, uh, and you can go to the and hope that you look okay and see what objects people are doing, and you can contact uh, Scott or me uh, if, you, if you want to be part of it. So it's so a bit of a, a self promotional plug plug there. But uh, yeah, yeah, Sam's I, I, I going to be involved um, in September. Yep, yep, I'm doing a thing related to inclusive improv, which is kind of an old, fairly dormant thing. But yep, so maybe we could add that to either the plunder or the other for the show notes. So that's creativepact.co.uk anyway to find out more. That's a a little bit of a cheeky cross-promotion there, Adam. Yeah. We can get away with that every now and again. (laughs) Well, well, Sam gave me the in that, so so I thought I'd take take your opinion because it's quite fun. Start start my, my essay. And although the site has run into a problem, um, I, it's going quite well. Yeah. Cool. There we go. We'll leave the robotic slapback, Adam. <laughs> that, that was great stuff there. Okay, and I think, I, I think with that, we have, we have made it to the end of the audio podcast, show 125, Hi-Fi Up Door. I think so. Will we be back next week? week I believe Adam is away Sam your thoughts um, last week I said yes and then I, I was here this week I'm going to say maybe okay. <laughs> if it's like a Facebook maybe then that's a no I see so no maybe. reason right now I see no reason why not however I'm 
it being summer, I'd like to keep my options open at this point for the next seven days. Well, there will be an audio podcast show 126. It might just not be next week. There will indeed. So yeah. Th- That's all we can say. Well, this has been the audio podcast. Don't forget, if you want to find the show notes, you can do so at theaudiopodcast.co.uk slash show slash 125. There you can find all the information you need to subscribe to the audio podcast, either on Gpodder, Stitcher, uh, various other things, also on YouTube. And if you want to contact us for any reason, then you'll find all the contact details you wish as well, which is great. That's fine. I've been Scott Hewitt, and there we go. I'm Samuel Freeman. And I have been and shall continue to be Adam Yance. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye.